Before tonight's episode, I want to let you know about our supporters feed, Get Sleepy Premium, the best way to experience the show and get a good night's sleep. With Get Sleepy Premium, everything is ad-free. You'll receive a bonus episode every week and have full access to our entire back catalogue. Your support really helps and means so much to us. Simply tap the link in the show notes to learn more. Now, a quick word from our sponsors who make it possible for us to bring you two free episodes each week. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, and welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name's Tom, and it's my honor to be your host. Thanks so much for tuning in. Arif will be reading tonight's story, and it's a bit of a fantastical one, about a boy who helps some of his feline companions in the neighbourhoods of Bangkok, Thailand, to find a new home. Now then, it's nearly time for our story. So take a deep breath in, holding at the top, then gently release the air back out. Continue to breathe deeply and find a pace that is comfortable for you. Often at night, various things can play on our mind. Events from the day, things we need to do tomorrow, worries and concerns, or even excitement that keeps our brain busier than is ideal for sleep. And it's difficult to know quite how to deal with and respond to these thoughts. But if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you might be familiar with the suggestion I'm about to give you. And that's that each time a thought pops up in your mind, trying to grab your attention, just try saying, not now. You can acknowledge that the thought is there, but by responding, not now, you're sending a signal to your brain that you've seen that thought, but that this is not the opportune time to deal with it. So you say, not now, and it can gently float away like a cloud drifting across a blue sky. And when you are better prepared to deal with that thought, it will come back to you during the day. So continue to breathe deeply allowing your mind to soften and settle. 
and eventually you can drift off with ease. In the meantime, let your imagination be your guide and let's meet a boy named Lek and his feline friend on the busy streets of Bangkok. waiting for the light to change, Lek looks up at one of Bangkok's street cats who walks along a wall before hopping down and disappearing between two buildings. Lek smiles to himself and glances up at the bright blue sky, past the shadows and cement of the SkyTrain tracks. Even though he's lived in Bangkok his whole life, and he's used to the huge rail lines and colossal cement pillars, it's easy to forget there's a sky beyond the buildings and megamalls. His friend Chinda nudges him when the light changes. So, He tunes back into the conversation about their science teacher as they walk. Chinda finds it so silly that he hasn't memorized the periodic table. But Chinda is the only person Lek knows who has memorized it. The two friends pass the gargantuan malls and shopping centers along Rama One Road, the art and cultural center, and glimmering facades with a labyrinth of stores and passageways. Chinda may know the periodic table by heart, but Lek knows Patumwan, the bustling commercial district they've both grown up in. He could probably walk the streets and malls with his eyes closed. A train rumbles overhead, and they can feel the vibrations in the air as they walk underneath the cement canopy. From below, they follow the sky train all the way to the end of the line above Rama 1, near the National Stadium. Then they turn off onto their own street, Kasim San Tu Alley. Calling this place an alley is like calling a lion a kitten. They may be in the same family, but in Bangkok, alleys are communities unto themselves. Aside from the apartment buildings and condos, there are restaurants, 
nail salons, and the little stores up and down the narrow road. As they walk, the two friends stop and greet familiar neighbors. They don't even have to think about it. The respectful hellos come automatically. As Chinda is chatting with an elderly neighbor, Black sees a flash of something out of the corner of his eye. He turns and catches a glimpse of a small yellow bobtail. It's disappearing under a fragrant yellow-flowered cassia bush in the driveway of a condo complex. When he turns back to see if Chinda is done, there's a cat sitting in front of him, looking grumpy or at least very serious. The cat blinks slowly, his eyes studying Lek. Lek recognizes this cat, even though there are more than a dozen cats in the neighborhood. This one is a buttery yellow with stripes of white. He has short fur, long and lanky legs, and a sharp, angular face with matching amber eyes. Like a lot of other cats in the city, this one has a stunted tail, just a tiny fuzzy bob. Lek calls him Omelette because even though the cat appears very serious at first, when he lies on his side and sunbathes, he looks like an egg. Lek smiles and puts his hand together to show respect, then gives a polite bow. Hello, uncle, he says to the cat, giving the usual greeting for an older man whose name he doesn't know. I hope you're having a good day. It's passable, for now. Omelette replies, his voice deep and gravelly, with a tone as cautious as his stare while he continues to study Lek. The boy nods at the response. Are you talking to that cat? Shinda asks. Lek turns around to see his friend and the older woman staring at him. Lek shrugs and turns back, but Omelette is gone. Lek can understand and talk to cats. He has no idea why, but he's always been able to. He used to translate messages for his mom or his friends, but they always assumed he was just a child with an overactive imagination. 
Eventually, he realized that other people couldn't talk to cats, so he kept it to himself. But he still makes sure to check in with the neighborhood felines from time to time. They are territorial, but also protective. They care for the neighborhood in their own mysterious ways. Once Chinda says goodbye to the older woman, they continue on home. Chinda teases Lek about how much he loves cats. He just gives the same shrug and smiles shyly. Lek lives in a big apartment building with his mom and his grandmother. Their apartment itself isn't huge, but it's comfortable. They could move into a larger space, or maybe even a house. His mom is a dentist, and she makes enough money. But the apartment is close to her dental clinic and to Lex's school so the three of them share the cozy two-bedroom. Lek enjoys living in Batum Wan. It's busy and noisy, especially on the main roads. But if Lek and his grandmother want a bit of quiet, they can walk down to the end of the alley and sit by the water gate a narrow cement channel of water running through the city. Plus, there are all the neighborhood cats. Cats are everywhere in Bangkok, and Lek has made friends with quite a few of them. As he gets ready for dinner, Lek wonders why Omelette came over to speak with him this afternoon. Omelette's usually a bit more standoffish. He finds out after dinner when his grandmother sends him out to grab them both some ice cream. Lex's grandmother has a sweet tooth, but is supposed to be cutting back on sugar. Every once in a while, they sneak and ice cream as a treat. On his way back home, with a pint of ice cream swinging in a canvas bag on his shoulder, Lack sees a flash at the side of the road. Suddenly, Omelette is sitting in front of him in the middle of the alley. They lock eyes and Lek stops. Cats like to size one another up, so he gives Omelette a moment before bowing politely as he did before. You can understand us, Omelette says. Lek nods his head. Come with me, says Omelette. 
Lek holds up the bag of ice cream. It's the hot season, so even later in the day, it's still sweltering. Can I get this back home first before it melts? Lek asks. Omelette's little bobtail flicks back and forth. No, he replies. With that, Omelette turns away and struts off the road. Lek shrugs and follows the cat to a cluster of flower bushes. As he walks, Omelette's fuzzy yellow bobtail wiggles behind him. Lek has to duck under an old, broken fence. But it's actually pretty easy to follow Omelette between the flowers. Lek thinks he hears something further on, but he's stopped by Omelette sitting in front of him again, blocking his way. With a serious look on his face, Lek feels a bit silly crouched down in a flower bush talking to a cat. He hopes no one walks by and notices him. The cat is sizing him up again. I need your help, says Omelette. This bush has been my home for many years, and this alley my territory for as long as I could hunt, but I need to leave. Lack nods, though he's kind of disappointed to hear it. He likes becoming familiar with the neighborhood cats whenever they stick around. Lek doesn't understand why Omelette has come to him, though. So he asks if the cat needs directions somewhere. I've lived on these streets since before you were born, young one. No, I do not need directions says Omelette. The cat glances in the direction of the noise Lek heard before. Omelette explains that he always thought he'd be on his own, until one day he met someone special. Another cat he wanted to spend his life with. Lek smiles and says, Congratulations, I'm very happy for you. Omelette's posture relaxes and his face softens. His bobtail flicks thoughtfully and he glances in the direction of the sound. Then he turns and leads the way through the bushes. Soon, he steps into a small clearing at the back. Lek follows and sees a mother cat lying on her side, tucked 
up against the stone wall of the condo's garden with her calico back to him. A little white kitten wriggles up over the mother cat's belly, squeaking quietly. The mother cat glances up, her longer, puffy tail swishing back and forth, interested in the newcomer. Lek glances over his belly and sees five more kittens, who are all a mix of white, pale yellow, and calico. The first kitten who climbed up is so young, it hasn't even opened its eyes yet. Omelette introduces Lek to his partner, who is a white cat with black and brown calico patterns. She doesn't give her name, so Lek decides to call her Hash Brown. Omelette explains that the alley is fine for an adult cat, but between the humans and their traffic, it's not a good place to raise kittens. But he heard of a temple in the city to the northwest where kind monks care for street cats. It seems like a much better place for kittens to frolic. Omelette can't explain where the temple is exactly, but he describes it as being as white as a cloud and as hard as stone. Lek thinks for a moment and realizes he knows the place. There's a famous marble temple in the government district. Since the kittens haven't opened their eyes yet, it would be impossible for Omelette and Hash Brown to move the family to the temple by themselves. Omelette is talking about a move to the temple as though it would be an epic quest. But for Lek, it's only about an hour-long walk, or maybe a little longer when he's with his grandmother. He supposes the world seems bigger when you're smaller. Lek agrees to help the family move to the temple. Omelette says he'll walk alongside Lek, but they'll need something to carry Hash Brown and the kittens in. Of course, Lek replies with a smile, crawling back out of the bush and getting a confused look from a couple walking by. He tells his grandmother that he's going out to see Chinda for a couple of hours and messages her to cover for him. She agrees, but asks him what he's doing. He just tells her he's helping some of his neighbors move. Then, 
Lek finds the cozy-looking cardboard box his mom's new fan came in, puts a bottle of water in his backpack, and heads out. Omelette is waiting for him when he returns, his amber eyes peering out of the bush. Lek asks if he can pet the kittens, and after a long, appraising glance, Omelette blinks slowly in agreement. The kittens are so young, they're just tiny wriggling balls of fluff. Their full coloration hasn't come in yet. Four of the kittens will probably be calico-patterned, like hash brown. And two look like fuzzy balls of butter, taking after omelette. The kittens wriggle and squeak in the corner of the box. Lek reaches in his hand and gives them gentle head rubs. They begin to mew softly. One of the buttery yellow kittens seems curious about Lek's hand. It squirms over to him, hardly able to control its squishy legs, and sniffs at his fingers curiously. Lek decides that this kitten is his favorite and names her Roti. Eventually, Ash Brown climbs in and the kittens curl up next to her. Then, Lek picks up the box, reassuring Omelette that he'll be extra careful with its precious cargo. First, he rests the box on his knees so he can crab walk out from behind the bush. Omelette seems satisfied by this and dashes ahead, leading the way. Once he's out of the bush, Lek holds the box carefully in both hands. They head north, down to the end of the alley, and pass by a tourist attraction. It's a big, ruddy brown house that looms up on the left by the waterway. A mix of Thai and American architecture. They turn down a cement path along the water gate heading westwards, following the water. Every once in a while, Lex sees people giving him strange looks, but only because a cat is marching proudly in front of him. Street cats with big personalities are common enough, though, so no one bothers to watch them too closely. Lek loves this walkway, with the water gate on one side and a wall of leafy greenery on the other. The cool, 
earthy smell of plant life that people grew here to make the city greener always leaves him feeling calm and content. He passes through a small, open-air restaurant just before the bridge, furnished with colorful plastic chairs, red metal tables, and an old soda fridge. The smell of curry and noodle soup wafts out of the open-air kitchen that looks over the water gate. Omelette almost stops to beg for scraps. Black watches him debate with himself about the temptation of a good curry snack. But the cat resists and walks on through the restaurant, nose up in the air. Even as humans sitting at the tables hold out their hands to him, Omelette has to make it to the temple. The sun is starting to set to the west, coloring the sky with golds and oranges. Omelette and Lek cross a footbridge and continue on past the small homes that line the water gate. People stand outside, gossiping, doing laundry in shared machines, and hanging clothes on racks. Shirts that are hanging to dry dance in the warm, gentle breeze. Small stores and family restaurants are woven into the community seamlessly. Sometimes it's hard to tell where a curry shop begins and a family home ends. Across the water, more modern apartment buildings in silver, brown, and white loom over the smaller neighborhoods that shoot off the main street. Black ducks into a narrow alley and follows a side street. After navigating the labyrinth of houses, they come out on Bantamtan Road in the shade of some tamarind trees. Now, instead of leaves, the urban canopy is made of layers upon layers of phone and electrical wires. They crisscross over crosswalks and line the main street. This area is a patchwork of ancient stores shuttered with metal grates as well as gleaming modern amenities like convenience stores and fast food places. It's a typical Bangkok neighborhood. Locals sit around chatting. A group of teenagers are breakdancing to some American rap music. Traffic is heavier upon Pechaburi Road, 
especially at this time of day. There are lots of cars, but they're still outnumbered by motorcycles and scooters. Lek can't wait until his mom will let him take their scooter out on his own. But he has to be a bit older first, she says. From here, it's almost a straight shot to the temple grounds. As he follows behind Omelette, Lek notices how the neighborhood begins to shift. Gone are the cozy homes and mouth-watering scents of family restaurants. This is the government and palace district. The street is lined with gleaming office buildings and towering apartment complexes with occasional blocks of smaller low-rises and old storefronts. Under the raised highway, they cross to the north side of the street. Omelette takes extra care when crossing here. He looks behind him skeptically to make sure Lek is doing the same. Lek smiles back at him. Typical old tomcat, he thinks to himself. The buildings thin out as they approach the old royal park. Trees line the street, especially as they pass a large high school on the park grounds. With uniformed students who have stayed for after-school activities. Lek is glad he had time to change into a t-shirt and shorts before embarking on this grand cat adventure. It's very warm this evening, and he has to admit, Omelette was right. It is a very long walk. Omelette is panting by this time. It's especially warm for someone covered in fur, and he's traveled far with much shorter legs than Lek. Once they're past the park grounds, Lek carefully sets the box down on the ground. Then, he pulls the water out of his backpack, pours some in the cap, and holds it for Omelette, who laps at the water gratefully. Good news, he says as the cat slurps it up. We're almost there. He points across the street and up to where the elaborate gold and red tips of the temple's roof are just coming into view. There's no way Omelette can see it from on the ground, but when the light changes and they cross the next street, the cat's step 
a little jauntier, Leck notices. They pass some more government buildings and a school before they can see the modest temple grounds. As they near the fence, Leck spots a few monks walking around the grounds in their saffron-colored robes. There it is, Lex says to Omelette, your temple. As pure and white as clouds and as hard as stone. The roof of the temple is ornate with high, spiked gables in gold and red. Just as Omelette described, the temple itself which is made of marble, is a cloudy, pearl-essent white. The temple's beauty and uniqueness make Lek catch his breath, even though he's seen it so many times before. The quiet drone of monks in prayer drifts on the breeze. Omelette and Lek past the gatehouses, which are marble white like the temple itself, and turn towards the apartments. Monks go about their business, doing chores and sweeping the alleys. Lex's grandmother has taught him well. He stops and gives a polite bow to every monk they pass. Lek notices many cats lazing around, tucked into little alcoves, or even stretched out across the middle of the path. Used to these small companions, the monks walk around them. Lek can see why Omelette would want to bring his family here. Even though the cats still live outside, the monks are affectionate towards them, and they seem to be well cared for. Omelette stops in front of another cassia bush, not much bigger than the one where he used to live. Yes, This is good, he tells Lek. This will be a safe place for the kittens to grow up. Without another word, he ducks under the bush and disappears. Lek gently places the box down and glances at Hash Brown. Her tail swishes happily even as the kittens start a fresh chorus of squeaks and meows. What he means to say is thank you, says Hash Brown. He was almost too proud to ask for help, but I'm glad he did. Me too, Lek agrees, as he helps her lift the kittens out one by one. The wriggling, 
squeaking kittens slowly wobble their way under the bush, following the scent of their mother. She glances back at Lek one last time, giving him a slow, thankful blink before heading inside their new home. The last kitten to wander under the bush is Roti. Lek gives her an affectionate rub on the head and scoots her in after her family. Then he stands, dusts off his knees, and glances up at the sky, which is now a deep pink purple. It's time to head back to his apartment, he thinks to himself. With little ceremony, but with a feeling of warmth inside his chest, he walks back past the temple and starts the journey home.